Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty. Brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service. 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker. Dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. Is it fair? Is it fair to say once again the hay is in the barn? See, I get to say that because Rick's not on. That's right. And I have to make those kind of statements when Rick is not on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of your favorites. I know. <laughs> That's one of your go-tos, Randy. Hay's in one the barn. One of my go-to. Yeah, yeah. There He's you go. right up there. I can count on you saying hay is in the barn. I can count on you saying uh, dog days of summer in August when fall camp is coming to an end. It's just, <laughs> Jeez, it's just how it is. That was that, that predictable. <laughs> well, Randy, we've been doing this together for like 17 or 18 years. Well, that's true. I can almost predict what you're going to say. <laughs> that's true. Well, I, I've, I've actually gotten better at understanding what I think you're going to say. So that's scary, too. Okay. Yeah. Well, that is scary sometimes. That's when you that's when you throw me the throw me in there. I'm the curveball. So, uh, Trey, the, I yeah. thought the walk and talk was really good last week. It, it was a good foundation for you to start on, but I, I was a little disappointed that you didn't go back to the quote: "Strike first, strike hard, no mercy," because it felt yeah. like the Razorbacks <laughs> did that last week. They absolutely did, um, and it's good to see because, as we pointed out several times in the regular season last year, the only time they scored on the opening drive was against yep. South Carolina. Yeah, and that was week two games. So, uh, yeah, absolutely good to see them striking first, um, strike fast, strike hard, all, all that. Um, and I would expect to see it again Saturday. Again, you know, I'm just – I know it's all like, you know, this is not the kind of stuff you say heading into an opponent because, you know, it, when you start taking somebody from granted, it goes the other way on you quickly. But I would just be really surprised if there's a game Saturday. <laughs> I really would. Um now, Arkansas could come out with a lack of focus and play sloppy and, you know, be disappointing. That that could absolutely happen. Look at the headlines too much. I still think they come away with the win uh, pretty easily, uh, even if that happens. But would love to see them come out with great focus. This is an opportunity for Arkansas to get some work in um, as a team, you know. Um, you get two, two games. And when does Sam Pittman had a week two opponent where they could really just, like, try things out, you know, experiment, work on themselves, getting better, all never. those kinds of things. Yeah, never. He's never had, yeah, every single time. They have you know, Mississippi State in 2020 and 2021, Texas, 2022, South Carolina, Cincinnati, then South Carolina. And, you know, this year it's Western Carolina and Kent State. So this is the first time he's had a schedule that shapes up. I think that's one reason you hear him say so often, you know, I really like the way the schedule shapes up because they do have so many new faces, so many new guys that they're relying on and should be able to get some good work in this week and, you know, just kind of finding out a little bit more about who they are and, you know, who their guys are as they, you know, lead into BYU. It, it, the schedule escalates, in my opinion, pretty ideally. I would be interested to go back and look, and I haven't, I've thought about this, but I haven't done it, go back and look historically at Arkansas and see how their schedule opens up and what, how that relates to success throughout the year um, because to me starting out with an FCS member 
then you go to a group of five member, and then you face you know BYU, a team that has got some talent. Obviously, they've got some players. BYU has had success over the years, but you know still you would think that Arkansas has got more talent and has had more success, and you know should handle them. And then you know you you progress. I think the only thing that could set up better in terms of like a progression to getting tougher and tougher and tougher is if you had the BYU or excuse me the uh, the LSU game and the Texas A&M game flipped to where you you know you yeah. moved into like a hot, a completely hostile environment at LSU by playing a split crowd at Texas A&M. That's the only way I think the schedule could you know gradually uh, be more in favor of of what you. What I would think would be an ideal schedule, you know, building up into a really tough four-game stretch coming up after that. Okay, Trey, it's it's. This is not me. This is coach talk for this for this next thing I'm going to ask you. But coaches always say the biggest improvement comes between game one and game two. I said that. <laughs> so, what can we expect then, taking on a Kent State team that? arguably doesn't even i mean thank goodness they're going to get what a million and a half guarantee for showing up in fayetteville but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah whatever it is what kind of improvement can we expect then from week one to week two for the arkansas razorbacks well we'd like to see the rushing game get going i i I think that they'll be able to do that i I pointed back to you know 2011 because we talked so much about past experiences with fcs teams and how they'll do something to try to come away with a win. Missouri State that year just run blitzed Arkansas, loaded the box, and took away the, the run and came away feeling like, you know, hey, we did something here. The next week, Arkansas faced uh, New Mexico and just ran wild all over them. Uh, I think Arkansas has a great chance uh, to do that against Kent State. Um, you know, UCF ran for 389 yards against them last weekend. 46 carries for 389 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, there's just not a lot of team speed on defense for Kent State. So I think there's an opportunity for them to rack up some rushing yards after, you know, a less than stellar performance uh, opening up and probably see a little bit more balance uh, this week. So I would say that's probably the main area. Some things I would like them to continue. Um I would expect them to have a procedure penalty here and there. You know, obviously they're not going to go through that the whole season without procedure penalties, but they didn't have any in the first game. So keep that number low. You know, focus on, you know, it's easy to tell if a team is, you know, is bringing the right mindset to a game by, you know, those kinds of procedure penalties, five men in the backfield and, um, you know, and coaches too. You know, we've talked about Florida so much with, Having two number threes out on the field in special teams, you know that's that's coaching. That's a coaching mistake, and that cost them a touchdown in that game. So, you know those kinds of things. I would like to see them continue not to have procedure penalties. You're going to have holding and pass interference and things like that. But um, false starts and stuff. That's that's all upstairs. So continue to do that, and uh, let's see them put up some rushing yards on Saturday. I know with Chris Paul Jr. Poopal being out the first half uh, is going to allow some of the other guys to and I was really impressed by Jaheim Thomas and especially Brad good. Spence yeah. uh, Spence is one of the guys that you talked about I don't know three or four weeks ago during fall camp that he could really push for some playing time and he looked really good uh, talk a little bit about him and what we could see out of Spence tomorrow yeah well 
Sam Pittman pulled me aside at practice one day and said, hey, watch out, 22 here, <laughs> you know, watch out for him. And that was pretty early in camp. And, you know, Spence didn't – he didn't just, like, set the world on fire in the spring, but, you know, just – being around the team, working, working in the weight room, all that stuff. Now we're also going to get to see Antonio Greer. He did not right. He did he did not play at all in the opener uh, because of injuries. Just kind of did half practice last week, but he's been practicing full, so we'll we'll see him. Um, and obviously, Poopal will miss uh, some time. I, I really think Jaheim Thomas brings. I'm not saying he's Drew Sanders, but in terms of being the closest thing that Arkansas has to Drew Sanders, I think it's Jaheim hmm. Thomas, six four two. I like him. Thought he really recognized plays quickly um, and was aggressive running through people and ta- on tackles you know splitting defenders uh, I thought he did some really impressive things and wasn't surprised to see Sam Pittman say you know hey this guy's you know the guy that's been most steady but also they they've had some issues at linebacker I mean with in terms of continuity they you know Antonio Greer you know going into camp we were like you know and to be some kind of combination of Antonio Greer Jaheim Thomas uh, and Pooh Paul, but Antonio Greer was hurt pretty early in camp and missed a good bit. Pooh Paul then started, you know, he was banged up and uh, has been slowed also. He was able to play, but he's been banged up, and now you know, you run into this game and he's going to miss the first half of the game. Um, you really just haven't had, like, I can just I, I think back to, like, when Grant Morgan and Bumper Pool, uh, you know, a couple years ago when both of those guys were really rolling and, uh, you know, side by side and you know, you just felt like they were in each other's heads, you know, just could tell what the other guy was going to do. They did such a great job uh, pairing up at linebacker, and you need to play together to have that happen. And so they need to get everybody, you know, out there and, and working together. And so far, injuries have just kind of prevented that. You know, the other thought, and this goes back to what you'd like to see uh, the improvement from week one to week two. Trey, one thing I'd like to see is Trajan Jeffcoat. You know, I'd like to see him in the backfield a little bit more than what we obviously uh, did in week one. I'd like to see Landon Jackson back there as well. I just don't think we got, uh, Arkansas got the kind of push out of that defensive line, at least what I was expecting. Right. You know, they – through the, they had a pretty quick passing game, so that causes some problems. But Arkansas also didn't do, that I saw, any stunting. No twist, no, no you're right. fancy at all. Um, there were two times maybe where they brought more than four defenders also. So they didn't really do a lot of tricky stuff. And then on the other side, Kent State was, or excuse me, Western Carolina was just getting the ball out extremely quickly. Uh, I do know that Kent State, 56% of their passes were play action. Um, so that, you know, makes you think, okay, well, they're, you know, maybe there's a little more opportunity to get back there uh, to get after the quarterback. I still wouldn't expect to see just a ton of blitzing or a ton of, um, you know, fancy stuff from the defensive line just because they should be able to really dominate this offensive line and with just bringing four. So there's no need to just show a bunch of what they do uh, on the defensive line or, you know, with bringing a bunch of blitzes and stuff against this team just because – I would expect this defensive line to really – I mean, we, we brought it up before, but for anybody listening for the first time this week, there are five first-year starters on that offensive line for Kent State. The three guys that they had returning, two of them went to Colorado, one of them went to Marshall. Um, so they have replaced, had to replace five guys up front. They're all one-game starters. And the center is a true freshman. I just 
I, I look at that situation and then the other side of the ball where you have nine seniors on the defensive line. And that didn't include Cam Ball or Landon Jackson, you know. I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's one of the biggest mismatches that we're going to see on Saturday. And I just don't know that Arkansas is going to, you know, hey, let's show everything we got here. You know, let's show all of our stunts, all of our little tricks and how aggressive we're going to be and all this stuff. I do think Arkansas will be a pretty aggressive defense in terms of bringing pressure, but not in this game. Trey, I, I had play-action pass being the first play of the game last week. I'll tell you that. But I didn't have it going to Luke Haas. And the, I really like him in the slot right there. But I, I really think the play-action game is going to get even better, especially out of the pistol. I like it better than it was last year under the previous offensive coordinator. Uh, but talk a little bit about the play-action game and K.J.'s footwork, how much it, it was improved last week. Yeah, well, I thought you see K.J.'s feet moving a lot more too. You know, And that's yep. something that's kind of – what Dan Enos instills, uh, never wants his quarterback to be flat-footed. But K.J. throws a really nice deep ball. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. play-action pass can really help you get in rhythm as a quarterback, and I think it'll just help him. But, I mean, there's so much you can do, you know, off of play-action, and, you know, there's your RPO game and all that stuff. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, and then – it's not play action, but, you know, just faking handoffs and, you know, they run that read option and stuff too. So, yeah, there's – Danny knows how – it's a very pro-style attack. We saw K.J. even under center some. Now, one time they were under center, the most disappointing thing I thought to me, you know, was <laughs> when they were lined up at the goal line and they yeah. they, they could they didn't get that ex- exchange because we just saw so many goal line issues last year. And, you know, that's – that's discouraging to me to see something like that. Uh, the ball is Agreed. literally, like they said, like I don't know if Pittman saw, but I watched it on replay. That ball is on the ground and up for grabs. You know, it wasn't mm. just like a, just a you know they did they didn't get it clean. It was it was a fumble on the ground at the goal line against other teams. You know that could be very serious. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of a lot of differences with this offense and you know play action. I think I think that's something that would really benefit KJ just in terms of, you know, helping you get into a rhythm a little bit as a passer. Trey, one thing we know for a fact is Rocket is out this week, more than likely out for next week. Has there been any further updates? Uh, I realize Coach Pittman, uh, what was it, on Wednesday, I mean, bless his heart, that was a full day. I mean, he not only had the SEC teleconference, he had – uh, two o'clock press conference. Then later that night, he had Sam Pittman live from the Catfish Hole. So, I'm yeah, sure by the time it's a busy day for Pittman. Yeah, Drew is worn out. Day. But has there been any any other updates you may have heard about the Rocket? No, I haven't heard anything other than I know that elite level doctors were looking at his knee, you know, and like like top of the line, and. There's no update other than I would expect him to miss the next couple of games and hopefully get back for LSU. Rocket's a young guy. Me and you have a knee injury. We're going to feel it probably for six months you know, or longer mm-hmm. uh, for that kind of uh, – you longer than me, Randy, but uh, for you. that kind of, you know, any kind of injury. But, I mean, like what kind, what, what's the injury? It's either a knee bru- – like a really bad bruise on his knee or it's a meniscus probably. That tends to be when people say words like, oh, it's a sprain or, 
you know, it's a little cartilage, you got to get cleaned up or something like that, you know, those types of things. But I haven't heard anybody say anything like we're going in. Yeah, no, you know, no ligament surgery. Talk. Yeah, yeah. And you know, even even if it's meniscus, you know, like you'll hear say, yeah, yeah, they just had to go in and clean some stuff up. And usually, when you hear that, it's like, okay, that's six weeks. You know, so I haven't heard anything like like that that he's having to have any kind of surgery. Now that he may have, and I just don't know, but I haven't heard anything about anybody saying uh, we got to go in and clean some stuff up. So far, so far, so good. Very good. Yeah. So far. We've uh, so far avoided the uh, the big one. Uh, Trey, we're less than uh, a minute uh, before we got to take the next break. Uh, what are your expectations crowd-wise for tomorrow? I think it's going to be a great crowd. I don't know if it'll be seventy-six thousand full. I don't think I wouldn't expect that, but uh, I mean, my understanding they they've sold a ton of tickets for this. It's not a sellout, but they've sold a ton of tickets. So I would expect 70-plus in there. I mean, I, everybody I've talked to, like in terms of my friends and stuff, are you going to the game? Unless, yes. like, unless their kid has a soccer match at 3 o'clock, then they're going to the game. <laughs> I forget at that age. Yeah. They do. Those yeah, soccer did, games come to a buddy first. Mine today, and his daughter's got a 315 soccer match that they oh. announced, like on Wednesday. <laughs> so come on, man. Wow. <laughs> got to call the game off. All right, Trey, we will talk with you next week. That is Trey Bidding of Hogsports.com being brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service Company. Our Sonic Blast will continue. 